Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens, and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. This is A Different Perspective with Kevin Randall. A retired U.S. Lieutenant Colonel... Kevin Randall has been studying UFOs for nearly 50 years. Kevin has investigated some of the most famous UFO cases in the world and has been consulted for dozens of documentaries about UFOs. Considered one of the leading experts into the Roswell UFO crash of 1947, Kevin has written more than 25 books about UFOs, including the recently published Roswell in the 21st Century. Now, here is the host of A Different Perspective, Kevin Randall. Well, good day. This is the first of what I hope will be many special editions of A Different Perspective, and I am truly the host, Kevin Randall. And you can read more about the various topics that we discuss, not only here on A Different Perspective, but uh, what I've talked about in the past at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And for those of you interested in the paranormal, I think you should take a look at some of the other fine shows on the broadcast, the Exxon Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. Or if you happen to be in Canada, I guess it would be xzbn.net. Before I'm joined by my good friend uh, Steve Bassett, uh, let me note here that a few months ago my good friend Brad Steiger passed away. I'd known Brad for years, well, decades really. And we had an interesting relationship. He he appeared a couple of times on my old radio show in El Paso, Texas, which was cleverly called the Randall Report. And he also helped me uh, find some guests. One of those 
I always like to tell the story was Irene Hughes, and he set it up so that I could interview her on the air, and we were getting her psychic vibrations. And it was at the time we were down to the point where there were four teams left in the NFL playing for the championship games to go to the Super Bowl. And I asked her who was going to win the Super Bowl, and she told me it would be the Green Bay Packers. I, after we got done with that and off the air, I, off, off the phone call, I should say, I said over the air, everybody knows it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, here was a woman who was a psychic, and she couldn't even tell me the teams who would be in the Super Bowl. And I not only told you the teams, I actually gave you the point spread as well. But he helped me do that. Uh, and I first, I first kind of met Brad back in, uh, I think, the 70s. And I knew the secret for finding him. At the time, uh, he was teaching in Decorah at uh, Lawrence College, I think it was, here in Iowa. And uh, his name was Eugene Olson. He was born with the name Eugene Olson. He had it legally changed to Brad Steiger later on. But I knew that his phone number was under Eugene Olson in Decorah. So I, I looked him up in the phone book, called him. And I wanted to talk to him about a disappearance of a kid in, uh, um, in, in uh, Wales. Um, and the kid's name escapes me at the moment. But we, I called him to talk to him about that because I was doing something for a magazine about strange disappearances. And he says, oh, don't use that one. That's a hoax. He had found out after he'd published the information about it was a hoax. And he told me that his philosophy had always been to uh, believe what people told him until he found out a good reason not to. And I think that kind of relates to the Al Balix nonsense of being part of the Philadelphia experiments. Brad was a good friend of uh, Al Balix and he's Bielek had stayed in his home a number of times, and Brad told me later on he was very disappointed to learn that uh, Bielek had not been telling the truth about who he was and what he was doing, and he was very disappointed in it because he really liked the guy. So I got that kind of an interesting point of view and a kind of a, a good way to operate, I thought. But I know that uh, in the, the last few months of his life, he was... Uh, unable to participate in the show. I'd wanted him to be on the very first of a different perspective and we'd set that things up and then, then he had trouble moving back home to Iowa and he had trouble with the house and all of that and later on he told me that he was having some health issues but not to, not to spread that around. We finally had our chance to do our spooktacular which we kind of were making fun of um, in October of last year and it was last time I spoke to him. I didn't realize exactly how ill he was so I was very Glad I had an opportunity not only to talk to him personally, but also to uh, chat with him on a different perspective. But I just thought I'd mention uh, his passing again and say that he's certainly an inspiration to me and I think to, to many others, not only in a writing career, but in what he was, the way he lived his life and the way he uh, treated other people. And I think that's Are you a, taking it off now? Yeah. Okay, dear. Uh, wonderful way to go. Um, now, getting. Getting done with all of that, um, there's really no clever way to transition from kind of an obituary of a, of a friend to um, talking with another friend other than say we, we have to move on now. So joining me finally, as I promised, is uh, my friend uh, Stephen Bassett, who uh, is the first of what I hope will be many more uh, special editions of A Different Perspective. For those of you who don't know, Steve is the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group, which he founded in 1966 to end government-imposed embargo on truth, on the truth behind uh, extraterrestrial-related phenomena. He has spoken to audiences around the world about implications of formal disclosure by world governments of an extraterrestrial presence engaging in 
the human race, and given over a thousand radio and television interviews. PRG's advocacy work has been extensively covered by national and international media, including being featured on CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, The Washington Post, The New York Times, New York Magazine, Washington Times, Chicago Tribune, and I'm sure many, many more. In 2013, PRG con- uh, deducted, produced the Citizen Hearing on Disclosure at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. I will admit that I was there and I enjoyed myself immensely. In November of 2014, uh, PRG launched two political initiatives in Washington, D.C. One sought the first hearings on Capitol Hill since 1968 regarding extraterrestrial presence. The other sought to inject the ET issue into the 19 or the 19, the 2016 presidential election. You know, the funny thing is I can't even read the stuff when it's written on the paper for me. In big letters, I might add. The other sought to, uh, they'd said that. Bassett has opened uh, many documentary films or appeared in many documentary films and his lectures and interviews are well represented on YouTube. So with all of that said and all of that long introduction, not only uh, for Steve, but the other things, um, Stephen, welcome to a special edition of A Different Perspective. Uh, Hi, Kevin. It's good to be with you. One minor correction. I founded PRT in 1996, not 66. If I had been at this since 66, I would have hung myself years ago. Uh, Actually, it would be hanged yourself if you want to be grammatically correct. I would have hanged myself. Absolutely. Hung? (laughs) Hung? What the hung? Where did that come from? <laughs> I was I just I just did that because you were correcting me. So I it says right here on the page, 1996. So <laughs> it was my mistake. Sorry. Right. Uh, before we get off into the main topics, and I want to talk about the um, the Nimitz and the Tic Tac sighting, and then then some stuff on disclosure. But before sure. we get there, let me sneak a question in here, and we didn't really talk about this or, or mention it as we were setting up the interview today. Okay. Uh, the last time we spoke, it was about an MJ-12 document, as you know, that uh, I believe we both concluded was fake. We were going to have an I, w- I had planned a nice debate about this document. But we'd, it had surfaced like two or three days before, and we'd had a chance to look at it. And I think your initial reaction was there might be something valuable there. And my initial reaction looking at it was it's a fake. And I thought we'd have a nice debate there. And, and, and you uh, came out there and said, yeah, you agreed with me on that. But what I wanted to ask you about is the original MJ-12 documents that appeared in the 1980s. Do you think those were leaked by a legitimate government source? Are they disinformation or are they misinformation? And by misinformation, I mean something created by those inside the UFO community kind of further their own beliefs. What are your your opinions on the original MJ-12 documents? Keep in mind, the original MJ-12 documents were on, uh, I think, was it microfiche or... uh... 35 millimeter film. Yeah, 35 millimeter film. So they're not the original. They're a picture of, and they were delivered anonymously in a time when it was not, remember this way, when the, when the MJ-12s were, were delivered, this is a long time ago, good good distance and time. The recent ones you were just talking about, they're fairly, that's a different matter. So yes. The idea of releasing some documents like that is a, is a disinfo maneuver on the part of the government totally consistent with their behavior. Um, and I think it's it's the general consensus that some of the documents uh, probably are not legitimate uh, or and and some of them are. 
And then the question is how to figure out which. Well, it's like a puzzle the government puts out in front of us and says, solve this. In fact, you could almost say the way the truth embargo has worked is that the government just sort of trotted out a 400 million piece puzzle, big box, right? Very big box. and said, look, don't bother us about this issue, but solve this puzzle. The answer's in that box. Uh, but unfortunately for us, they've actually thrown in a bunch of uh, irrelevant pieces and took a bunch of pieces out. And it just keeps us busy for 70 years uh, while they continue to go about their business. So the consensus is probably, but which exactly? Well, some some very sharp people have looked at those and come up with some strong opinions about some. Uh, I, I believe that I have a strong feeling that MJ-12 is real. That is the name. And that one of the reasons they they might have done disinfo on it is they suspected that was going to get out. And the way to preempt that kind of thing, because as far as they're concerned, somebody could break ranks at any time. I mean, look, they, they had a lot of control over the information, and obviously they had a lot of influence. But th there's a whole lot of people that's been involved in the ET issue, going all the way back to Truman. And so at any time, somebody could break. Just The dark web can be like a restaurant for identity thieves. Hi, ready to order? I'll have the driver's license number. Great, that comes with a home address or a birth date. Ooh, both, please. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at lifelock.com slash aware. Identity theft protection starts here. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Walk into the New York Times uh, with a with a box full of documents and, a, and, a, and some credentials and sit down and blow, blow uh, spill the beans. And well, so let me let me interrupt reason, you here. Let me interrupt you yeah. here because I'm going to have to take a break. So I, I yeah. hate to break in and interrupt you. We'll, we'll 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 get a little bit back into this on the on the other side here, and then we'll go on to the the other issues there. Let me say that. Um, this is a different perspective. I am the host, Kevin Randall, and if you want more information about this, take a look at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Also, take a look at www.xzbn.net, which will give you a whole list of the programs and everything that's going on. And I always forget to do this, but take a look. If you're interested in the Rosal case, take a look at the book, Rosal in the 21st Century. Or if you're interested in Socorro, take a look at uh, Encounter in the Desert, which is my book on the Socorro uh, incident. We will be back right after this. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. 
Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. As I promised just moments ago, we are back. I am joined by Stephen Bassett. He is the um, executive director of the Paradigm Research Group. And uh, Stephen, why don't you give us your uh, the email or the um, website address so that uh, people can take a look at that? Of course. Uh, there's it's all at paradigmresearchgroup.org. Paradigm, P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M. Uh, researchgroup.org. That's where it's all at. Yeah, I gave you a long-winded answer to that response. I can I can shorten that very quickly. Well, let uh, me let me let me set that. We're we're getting going back into MJ12 now. Yeah. And, and you're going to shorten your answer for us. Yeah, I am. I, I think the consensus is is that there were legitimate documents released, um, and MJ12 was real. That some Suspect documents were tossed in, classic disinfo technique, so that as people focused on it, and they got a lot of attention, as you know, huge amount of attention, and got really fired up about MJ-12, right, magic. But then somebody can show that some of the documents are fake, then essentially that taints everything else. And so well, that makes the MJ-12 concept... Um, uh, essentially uh, loses credibility. This is standard technique. Uh, it happens once in a while. That was a major example of it. Uh, but I think I think that the core now whether that was whether there was a good guy on the end of that or a bad guy, not clear. 
exactly which documents. I'm not expert enough to say, oh, absolutely, that's the one there. You can go read. You can go read what others have written. It's a significant event. It was very important, uh, and it was done during the Cold War, when this thing was locked up pretty damn tight, and they were pretty serious about uh, their maneuvers in terms of truth embargo. Uh, well, the you, recent you, document that came out I, was different. I was going to say, what what about the idea that Bill Moore and Richard Doty and even uh, Bob Pratt were involved in writing a, a novel about this in the, um, the earlier, in the years prior to the MJ-12 documents came come out, came out, and that novel mirrors quite a bit of the information in MJ-12. Uh, I don't really know about that. Uh, I've not heard that. Um, so the idea that they, they cooked up the idea of a novel and then got all these documents together to look extremely realistic, put an enormous amount of effort, and then didn't write the novel. Uh, based well, on that, what I know about Doty and Moore, I think it's highly unlikely that that was part of it. Well, the, di- the, the, novel, the novel was written. Bob Pratt and uh, Bill Moore discussed the novel. The novel was written, and when the MGA-12 documents came out, Brat, Pratt said to Moore, Maybe we should revisit the novel because this would be a good time to bring it out. So the, I guess you could say the blueprint for MJ-12 was laid out in this novel prior to the documents surfacing in 1984. What is the name of this novel, Kevin? Um, I think it's called Aquarius or Project Aquarius. Um I, I, I laid this all out. I did a chapter in Roswell in the 21st century, and the, the, all of that is discussed in there. I think it was uh, Brad Sparks and Barry Greenwood did a presentation at the uh, MUFON conference a number of years ago where they laid out the documentation and all of this based on having gone through the Bob Pratt files. Pratt, as, as you know, had been a uh, editor of the MUFON journal for a period of time, and he was uh, – uh, well respected in the UFO community as a, a writer and a researcher, and he was involved with Moore and, um, and, and Moore and Doty in creating this this novel um, back. I think of 1980, 1981 is when they created the novel. Um, and I don't. I, I remember that. What I do remember is Pratt had one title on it, and. More crossed it out and changed the title to something else. And I know Project Aquarius was in there at some point, but I don't know exactly when it when it all came down. Uh, as I say, it's it's laid out in Roswell in the 21st century, so you can take a look at that and see if that see what that does uh, for your opinion, I guess. All right, I'm looking at something right now. Pratt was asked by Moore to collaborate on a novel with him in '82 oh, or January '81. The basis of the novel was Project Aquarius, MJ-12. And now, when did Moore come forward with the documents? 84. About two years later. Um, I think, I, but I think the information came, I think the documents supposedly arrove, arrove, there we go. I'm off on another tangent. Arrived in um, 1984. I think they were released in 86. I know that Timothy Good has them in his book, Above Top Secret, which came out at the end of the 1980s, the, the original MJ-12 document and the Truman, Truman memo that went with it. Yeah. Well, keeping in mind we're almost 40 years ago, I, I, could, I would say this, that a lot of research was being done back then, and people were learning things. It's not, we don't know everything that people were getting their hands on. It's not as if everything was immediately somehow published. 
And so what Moore was learning, what he was finding out, what was going on, don't know. Uh, but they, he just, they decided to maybe do a novel. Right, so they put this together. And based on some things they'd already learned. And then somebody inside sees that novel. And that may have been the reason why Moore was the target for those documents. And the second thing I would add is this. An awful lot of water has gone under the bridge since then. And the I'm I'm a little bit a uh, little incredulous that that Moore and Pratt pulled off an absolute hoax, creating utterly fake documents in order. To I, I would I would I would interrupt to say Pratt really wasn't involved in the hoax. It would have been Moore and Doty who was involved. Okay, in the Moore and Doty. Uh, it's and that and that has not been how would you say pinned down or confirmed. Doty has gone public with a lot of stuff. He's come out. And uh, this would be a huge thing for him. I just, I just, and, and I think people have gotten some MJ. Uh, I think I think some MJ uh, references have turned up in a few other places, and so I'm just not prepared to discount those documents. Is that at this point? Well, that's fair enough, and I I didn't really want to pursue this quite quite, quite this uh, level. I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about what your opinions were. What I really wanted to talk about, as you know was yeah. the uh, story that came out from the New York Times about the Navy interception chasing of a, of a UFO called the Tic Tac off the yeah. uh, carrier Nimitz. And uh, the New York Times treated the story with, I thought, uh, a certain amount of respect. And it led, us, it led us to uh, some other things that we've learned now since then. Give us a little bit of the background of this, what they, what they call the Tic Tac sighting or the, the Nimitz sighting. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Well, the sighting itself. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2.00. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you. You're welcome, sweetie. Have a good day. The demand for healthcare professionals who deliver both comfort and critical care is growing. FindNursingSchools.com connected me with an accelerated Bachelor's of Nursing degree program in my area with expanded capacity so I could complete the program in 16 months. Now I'm on the path to an in-demand career that offers job stability, flexible schedules, competitive pay, and the choice of where to work. Visit FindNursingSchools.com to begin your journey today. This, while important, uh, and and there have been many, many sightings, what's far more important than just the sighting, which, by the way, has just been recreated, a fantastic recreation has been done by David Beatty out of uh, uh, Florida. He's got a company. It's up on well, is it up on my website yet? I've sent it out, but I need to get it up on my website in a prominent fashion. And it's called the Nimitz Encounters. It's easy to find if you do a Google search on it. And this guy, the, the company's got some skills, and so they basically did a recreation of. So you can really see what's going on because, as it was reported, it's very complicated for the average person. But what's far more important than just that sighting itself is the entity that was created to bring it out. Um. Uh, and 
how the sighting was used in the launching of that entity. And I'm talking about the To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. But let, let me let me interrupt here, because I think there's a lot of people that really don't understand. We're, we're talking about a sighting, and we're talking about Navy aircraft being involved in it, uh, yeah. recordings of it. And I, I think it's important that we give at least the, the basis of what the sighting was so that people well, understand what we're talking is, about. This, and then we get and then we get into the other other aspects of it. Yeah. All right. Well, one of the things that was um, brought out formally in the New York Times articles of December sixteenth was the Nimitz event, which is a known case. It's been researched to some degree by various individuals, but they brought out details that and 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 also some documentation that wasn't available to uh, the researchers. And it's the, night, it's the 2004 event in which the, the Nimitz Aircraft Carrier Group is, is operating off uh, southwest uh, of San Diego. And the destroyer Princeton starts picking up some bogeys, which they tracked for a couple of days. And obviously they're going to note that, but they couldn't do much about it because they didn't have any aircraft. But then the Nimitz joined the carrier group. Well, let me, let me interrupt and say when they detected some bogeys, what you're saying is there were radar contacts. Yeah. The radar contacts. And were there visual uh, sightings? Were there visual sightings to go along with those? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I've not heard that. Can't rule it out, but I doubt it. I think that. Okay, I, so they're I, watching it on visual, radar. I think that would have been mentioned more prominently. But clearly, if you've got a carrier group that's still out on maneuvers, one of the things they do is they're working their uh, surveillance technology to the absolute max. They are aware of anything that even remotely gets near that carrier group. And if you got, that's what you've got to do, or you, or you lose your carry group. And so they, they got the bogey, and then the prince, then the, the uh, Nimitz shows up, and and the bogeys turn up again. And so, uh, and they happen to turn up again while they've got two jets that are out just off carrier, and so they assigned these two jets to go check it out, and they did. And that is the Nimitz event. Uh, eventually, they returned. And um, obviously, it wasn't wasn't published to the to public. It was kept secret, of course. Well, let me again. I I hate to keep doing this, but I'm running out of time in this segment. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, what transpired there. How did the pilots see the thing, and all of that sort of thing? How we know that the objects were there, um, and learn a little bit more about that, and then go on to the uh, Academy to the Stars and, and the outgrowth of all of that. I am here with Stephen Bassett, who is the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group. And you can read more about our discussions or some of these things at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. We will be back right after this uh, and uh, learn a little bit more. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. 
Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon. UFOs are real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. And we are back, as I promised before, and I've decided I needed to calm down, so I have, uh, during the break, tried to make that happen. Stop stumbling over my words, forming sentences properly. Anyhow, I'm here with uh, Stephen Bassett, the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group. We were uh, discussing the Nimitz sighting. We had the two uh, fighters off the Nimitz looking for these bogeys that they had spotted on radar. They had come back. Uh, The questions that I had were, one, did the pilots see the object? And uh, B, they were, I know that they were videotaped or they're recorded by the gun cameras. So I wondered if we could learn a little bit more about that. So those are my two questions. Steve, take it away. The the, the two planes uh, were sent to check them out, and eventually they did get visual sighting on them. And they, obviously they also had their FLIR forward-looking uh, radar, infrared radar on them as well. And anything else, I think, imagine that they would need to track it. And they saw the this, this bogey doing extraordinary maneuvers, uh, including hovering above the water 20, 30 feet and shooting straight up to 80,000 feet. It also outmaneuvered them. They, they rendezvoused at, a, at another, another location, and, and it actually was at that location when they got there, things like this. An extraordinary event, without question. It was a UAP intercept, uh, fully covered on gun camera footage, and it was that was it. And eventually, somehow, and I don't know the details of this, the some people talked about it. There was a lot of people on that ship uh, and other ships, the Princeton and, of course, the, uh, the Nimitz. And some of them talked, and before you know it, some researchers sort of got a hook on it and started working it. And it was considered one of those cases in play. Let me, let is, me, say, let me say this. Um, UAP stands for Unidentified, unidentified Aerial, aerial yeah. Phenomenon. It's a the new buzzword for UFO. I call it a buzzword. I think it's the correct terminology. The term UFO Ab- is absolutely. utterly useless. It, it's, a, it's a term that was incorporated into the truth embargo. It's absolutely nonsense. It was from the beginning, It's in, and it needs to be buried and done away with. 
Um, it's like propaganda terms that the Nazis put out, you know, about things, meaning that's to what you call it. No, I don't use that term. I like that term. I wish it would die. The point uh, is, so we got UAP intercept. All right. I, I just yeah. wanted to make sure that the audience understood that yes. UAP is what we're talking about now in, in 2018. Unidentified aerial phenomena is a reasonable uh, term. Yes. Uh, to use it for those that are not uh, sufficiently informed to have come to a clear conclusion about what's going on. Um, so it, that's it. And it, and it would have remained and would have remained essentially a not confirmed event indefinitely. The fact is there have been thousands of such intercepts uh, in American airspace or near American airspace going back 70 years. And those, those are not made public. And the gun camera footage of those events is absolutely not available unobtainable. And so when this, uh, the To The Stars Academy launched, uh, one of the first things they did is they, they gave some interviews to the New York Times and brought this event fully public. And in doing so, they, they got from uh, the Department of Defense the gun camera footage of the Nimitz event, which was declassified by the DOD for them to have. And that grown camera footage, when it was released by the New York Times and put up on the website, it's been seen all over the world by God knows how many millions and millions of people, is the first official release of gun camera footage in the history of the United States and in the history of any first world or any developed country that has an advanced air force. It was an absolute historical event. And if it wasn't for the political nonsense going on now, utterly taking up uh, all of the oxygen in all of the rooms, that would have been a huge story that would have grown and mushroomed very quickly. But no, it was covered a lot, a lot of articles, and then it subsided. That was gun camera footage of a UAP. And Christopher Mellon is the one that uh, actually described it in the launching of the To the Stars Academy. And he made it absolutely clear as he could without actually saying so that this thing that was being tracked simply could not have been human origin. But they don't talk about that. They don't go that far. There's reasons for that. We can get into that later. So this is a big deal. And I encourage people to go online and watch the Nimitz Tic Tac video, which is only a part. It's only a part of the total video. There's a lot more. They haven't released that. And also uh, inter uh, read the interview of the, of the pilot, uh, Fravor. There's another person that was in the second jet back seat named Slate. He's also been interviewed, but primarily it's just David Fravor's now retired. And listen to it. And if you do, it, it, any person with a reasonable understanding of, of physics and the nature will instantly conclude, in my view, that this was a non-human craft. It simply could not have been a human-made craft. Oh, I suppose you, if one wants to stretch the... The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. 
It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Their imagination, but the fact is, and, 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 and it's not isolated. I mean, we've seen sightings like this uh, and this type of behavior and maneuverability of these craft for decades. But this one was lock solid. And, not, and, and more importantly, this is an aircraft carrier task force. This is the cutting edge of the American military and its technology. And when they are completely dumbfounded and unable to deal with something like this, literally cannot deal with it, and it simply goes off, that is all you need to know, that unless China or Russia or, or Malaysia has suddenly had some unbelievable massive breakthrough in technological development, that vehicle comes from elsewhere. And that's the Nimitz event. Well, you said, uh, mentioned a couple of things, actually. Uh, Christopher Mellon, uh, who is he exactly? Christopher Mellon is a member of the, uh, was one of the original 10 members of the To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, which was launched on October 11th of 2017. Mellon is the political person on that 10-person team with an extensive, long career dealing with uh, intelligence issues from within the Congress and connected to the DIA and so forth. So he's he's obviously pretty much involved in I mean, this issue now and has essentially made it clear that he, he, this is an extraterrestrial thing, though he does not say that. There are reasons for that. And then he has all this political context. So he's a serious guy. And he was the one that spoke right after Tom DeLong did the basic introduction. He was the first real team member to speak. And so it was extremely notable that they chose deliberately to, to announce at that point and describe the Nimitz event. Now, we didn't know they had gun camera footage. We didn't know what else they had. That didn't happen until approximately a month later. Uh, but obviously, this is a very orchestrated process that they were doing. And so first, he, he describes it in the video, which is available. You can easily find it on on YouTube, and then of course they announce that they have this footage, and they give the story to the New York Times. This is a really big deal. Uh, I, I can't I can't overstate how big a deal this is. I understand that other people don't see that, but then the others are not paying as close attention as I am. History can happen to you very fast, and it can be huge, and you may not even know it until later. Well, this is an example of that. This was a very significant event in human history. Well, you mentioned Tom DeLong. Who exactly is he? Yeah, Tom. You know, I know we're we're coming up close on that twelve minutes. Um, We've got about three and a half. All right. There's a there's a very important story here, and 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 I'll try to sum it up really fast and finish it on the other side. Uh, and here is how I understand this story. Uh, in 2015, uh, people inside the Pentagon and the CIA were looking out their windows, and they were seeing couple of things. One, they were seeing that articles were being written about the connection between the leading presidential candidate, Clinton, and the ET issue. They were seeing that. 
more importantly, they were seeing that she was actually going on media and giving somewhat carefully uh, uh, stated responses uh, about the ET issue in, in, in at least 12 occasions. Not only her, but her husband, John Podesta, her campaign chairman, and, and, uh, and Barack Obama, the president. And, and then most importantly, she literally was the leading candidate and almost considered by many to be a lock to become president. They calculated, as I wanted them to, correctly that she intended to disclose the ET presence when she was president. She wasn't going to wait around. She was going to do this in order to get the legacy that was denied her husband back in his first term. When he had the opportunity to do this, based on uh, at the behest of uh, Lawrence Rockefeller and based upon information being provided to him, but essentially was stoned by his own government, by his own Air Force, by the CIA. Basically, leave us alone. Uh, and they, they created a, a uh, essentially a whitewash report that cost $12 million. And then, of course, the, the Clintons were hounded to death during the entire eight years. They didn't leave happy campers. And so she has been waiting for the opportunity to get that legacy. And that legacy is no trivial matter. The disclosure president, the first head of state to make the announcement of the ET presence, will go down in history at a level commensurate with you name anybody. And that but, was going to be your legacy. And they saw that looking out their window, and that was a big problem for them. But that doesn't tell us who Tom DeLong is. It will, right? And so that's why they made a decision to take some action. And that action essentially was public relations. In other words, if she's going to disclose, we have got to get out in front of this, or we're going to get all the flack, we're going to get all the downside, we're going to be the bad guys, and the politicians are going to get the glory. And so they decided to put a project together to do just that, with the intention of probably announcing it right after the election. Okay, just, well, I'm going to have to let you yeah. tell us about that right after the break, because we're coming up yeah. against that once again. We're going to have to take a short break. Uh, for more information, as I say, take a look at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Take a look at the Paradigm Research uh, organizations, groups, uh, websites for additional information about this. And you can probably type about anything into your s search engine on the Tic Tac, the UFO, and learn uh, as much as that about that as you can as well. We will be back right after this with, the, uh, with Stephen Bassett and more of A Different Perspective. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.
Path Home Shamanic Art School has just launched a new online series of classes, Galactic Shamanism, Art of the Ancients, Key to Tomorrow. In these classes, composed and taught by Path Home founder and director Gwilda Wiecka, you'll learn practical shamanic skills to support your daily life, such as how to build a medicine wheel to access the power of the earth, perform a shamanic journey, create sacred space in which to live and work, empower your life with totem animals, elementals, and fairy folk, and learn the art of accurately reading signs and omens. These tried and true skills are the key to living a powerful, productive life. Visit us at findyourpathhome.com to see the ever-growing collection of classes and leading-edge information to support you during these times of uncertainty and transition. All can be found at findyourpathhome.com. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Unbelievably, we are back. I cannot believe we've made it through another break and you would have no idea what goes on. We were, we are, not we were, we are talking to Steve Bassett about um, the Nimitz, the Tic Tac, uh, we'll be getting more into disclosure here. I'd asked who uh, Tom DeLong was and we were getting, I guess, an explanation that would arrive at who Tom DeLong was. And we need to know a little bit about the To the Stars Academy as well, simply because I think there might be some people out there who are not aware of um, either of these things. So once again, uh, Steve, we're looking for Tom DeLong. Uh, You left off uh, talking about the Pentagon being worried about uh, Hillary Clinton disclosing the truth about uh, extraterrestrial visitation. And we were going to segue somehow into Tom DeLong from there, I think. Exactly. And, okay. Uh, so they, I believe they they had they had it on their mind that they needed to do something. Now it happened that Tom DeLong, who is about a forty three year old uh, rock musician, very successful since high school, two, he's had two major groups, I think one or two others, sold thirty million records, uh, and has been interested in this issue, the ET issue, since since he was a kid. Uh, he engaged the issue back in the nineties, and then he kind of got back in his music. But he is intense about it. He's an autodidact. He's probably read more books than you and I combined. Well, maybe not you. you you're, you're a reader and a writer. Uh, and so he had been buttonholing these guys. He'd been going around. He had the money to fly anywhere he wanted to. And he'd go to events or something, some conference or symposium. And he'd try to buttonhole insiders. Uh, and he would tell them a little bit about what he wanted to do and his ideas. And it turned out that what he wanted to do was very similar to what these guys had decided they needed to do in early 2015, mid-2015. And so they they basically invited him in, let's talk. 
And what they wanted to do was to create an organization that would be made up of former members of the military intelligence complex to address this issue in a formal way, raise money, uh, and help bring, quote, information to the public. This had never been done before. It was unprecedented. And they needed somebody to be, I guess you could say, the public uh, person involved. Because without that person, then one of them would have had to be, quote, the head guy. And most of them were former DIA, CIA, NASA, Skunk Works, whatever. And the public was not going to be comfortable with that. And so Tom was made essentially the CEO of this project. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. And he was given a lot of access, which which he talked about in early uh, 2016 in March, which I initially said this cannot possibly be true. He said he'd been given a 10-person advisory team, that he was meeting with high-level people in this Pentagon and the CIA and so forth, uh, and something big was coming. And eventually I was convinced, yeah, this is actually happening. Two things convinced me. One of the books he said was being written was written, and then this whole project and him turned up extensively in the uh, Podesta emails that were released by WikiLeaks just before the election. And so something was happening. He had alluded to it. We knew it was coming. And eventually it, 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 it happened, but it wasn't. Things got derailed by the election. I had a very significant project underway. It was generating massive media coverage on the ET issue in Clinton. Unprecedented, nothing like it before. Because I anticipated she was going to disclose, but I was trying to force the action even before then. Because I couldn't fully trust her. I wanted this whole story to blow up in the middle of the election and, and Obama to disclose. She loses the election. That that pretty much puts the kibosh on my project, but it also creates a major problem for them because they had already been outed a little bit. The two space was out of the tube. There were some people named that didn't want to be named in the emails that Podesta uh, was leaked from Podesta's files. And so they were just thrown off balance as well. And it took them 11 months to re, how would you say, configure. And some people were probably added. Some people left. And then on October the 11th of 2017, they announced the To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, easy to find, just Google To the Stars Academy. Uh, they announced who was involved. They listed the team, which included, it was the most powerful group of individuals uh, ever assembled from the, uh, pri uh, from the public sector, from the government sector to address this issue. All of them former members of, of government and a agencies and uh, indicated that they were going to be bringing information to the public. They gave, uh, they, they announced themselves through a Facebook video, kind of low-key, no audience, no press. Uh, and the reason that they were low-key, I'll get to in a minute. And then proceeded to then provide their first major release, in a sense, directly to the New York Times in a series of interviews. The Times then vetted the information and came out with a story about the Nimitz event and other things. So all of this was actually probably the most significant event in the disclosure movement going all the way back to 1947. And the only reason it didn't expand immediately into a huge story that would have gone fully global and probably led to disclosure is that something else happened, and that is Trump. 
Uh, he essentially was roughly the equivalent of a political meteor the size of Manhattan hitting the earth and killing off all major large life forms. I mean, it just, it was just a, not unexpected, a surprise, a shock, and a major event. And it simply occluded what these gentlemen were doing because their plan was Hillary wins the election. They announced the To the Stars Academy in the transition period before she can obviously do anything because she sure wasn't going to do anything and make a move on disclosure while, until she's president. And then when she gets in the office with all the press following her in there and she discloses, they are already out there ahead of the game. We're not the good bad guys. We're the good guys. We want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. And it would have taken a lot of heat off of the military intelligence complex. We but know doesn't, from but doesn't doesn't does, the, the the thing that strikes me here is that having a number of presidents said that once they got into office uh, they would disclose what they knew what the government knew about UFOs. Jimmy Carter made a big deal about it. I think Bill Clinton did, and and as you mentioned, he didn't he didn't get it done, and. So we're kind of back to the same point where here's somebody else going to be coming into office to disclose what they know about uh, the alien visitation. And it just never seems to happen. You posed it as a question, Kevin. The answer is no. No one, no, no person running for the presidency has ever even remotely come close to what was being said by Hillary Clinton, her former president husband, her campaign chairman who had been making statements all the way back to 2002. Right? Jimmy Carter didn't do that. Clinton didn't do that. Obama didn't do that. Period. I'm, I'm saying, matter of fact, you can show me anything like that. I'd love to see it. Didn't happen. So this is this is a milestone. Um, I mean, when you're when, when you when you give an interview just before the New Hampshire primary to the uh, Conway Daily Sun, uh, to a reporter there who you know is interested in the subject and say on the record you're going to create a task force to investigate Area 51. You may really, you want to look into releasing the files and we may have already been visited but we just don't know yet. Nobody running for president has ever done that. This, is, this, was, this was on its way. Disclosure was in the works. I was already, I had the champagne bottles set to pop, hors d'oeuvres and everything else. And when she loses the election, it blows sky high. And so now what? They made the decision to go ahead and release uh, or announce their project and regroup it uh, on October 11th. So it took about 11 months. In the interim, we learned from one of the members, the, the team members of the To the Stars Academy, that there were about 30 people inside the Pentagon CIA who were backing them up. Uh, these are not known to us, but this was clearly logical that they had to have some people inside creating the space for them to do this this could not be some rogue operation where 10 former members of the cia and the dod and other major um, mic components decided let's just get together form a rogue group and see if we can get some information to public it's ridiculous they have they, they they were able to do it now i'm dying to find out one day how it happened how they got the clearance how they were able to create that space but we don't know yet but we have been told there's like 30 or some people behind them inside. This, how, this, how does this, this how does this rate to uh, relate to um, Bob Bigelow and the 22 million dollars that Harry uh, Reid got for him? Sure. Well, again, 
and I have to reemphasize, this is a very big deal, highly complex. It's not some simple thing. It is very intense. We, we know a lot about it, but there's a lot we don't know. But here's what we do know, right, is that after they announced the project, the To the Stars Academy project in October of 2017, I'm saying not after, before they announced it in October 2017, a gentleman by the name of Bob Bigelow, aerospace billionaire, uh, who made his, it was based in Las Vegas, pretty well known, been involved in the ET issue for decades, that is well known, created the National Institute of Discovery Sciences, a couple of programs that he worked with MUFON, was investigating the skin, owned the Skinwalker Ranch and has been investigating uh, unusual phenomena there. Also, somewhat, there's some ET aspects to that. So it's all known. And yet, despite that, since the year 2000, he has been in a long-term contract with NASA, hundred multi-hundred million dollar contract with NASA. To I and mean, he's using his money, not NASA's, which is probably one of the reasons they don't give him a hard time to build a very legitimate uh, technology of uh, uh, flexible space habitats that can be attached to uh, space stations and what have you, and maybe even be larger than that. Uh, even perhaps hotels around the moon. He's been working on it since 2000. Okay, so, let me let me interrupt you. Yeah. Because I do not know where the time goes, but it is just flying by here. I know. Going to have to take another break here. We'll be back to learn a little bit more about Bob Bigelow and his uh, activities with NASA, and how it relates to the to the Stars Academy and these other aspects. And I also want to uh, ask about the outcome of the investigation of the Nimitz sighting, what the official explanation for that was. We will be back right after these messages with Stephen Bassett of the Paradigm Research Group talking about UFOs and where we are in today's world and what we're learning about that. In the meantime, take a look at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and we will be back right after this. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. 
Tomorrow's TV Today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365.